welcome everyone. Thank you for joining us. I'm your host, Amber Nicole. Welcome to Rockhound Talk Live. And this is my new co-host, Ben Korn, and also our guest tonight. Welcome. Thank you for joining us. Yeah, I'm excited to get this going. <laughs> I am too. Um, ben and I have um, put in a lot of work the last eight weeks um, to revamp uh, this show. If anyone has watched the uh, previous episodes, um, there was quite a bit of um, technical issues on the Facebook Live front um, from visual quality to technical issues with, you know, getting people um, uh, on the live on time, just everything. So um, we found a really good um, streaming platform and we're starting off uh, the ending of the season and starting off a new one on a good foot. So we're here. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so um, admittedly, I was just talking to Ben. Um, ben and I have been working on this, like I said, eight weeks. Um, and it's been just strictly just all this show that I haven't even personally asked Ben anything. <laughs> so <laughs> this, um, everything that he's telling us today will be new for all of us. Um, I don't know Ben's story or, you know, his, um, where his passion for rocks and minerals and even down to what he does um, on a daily basis. So I'm really excited to learn more actually about you since you're my co-host. <laughs> <laughs> right. I think the most is you've seen some photos we've shared and that's yeah. about it. Yeah, really. So why don't you um, tell us a bit about um, your start in um loving rocks and minerals and you know how did that all start for you yeah i mean it, it's kind of hard to pinpoint an exact point in time i mean i was a kid that collected you know rocks every so often being in minnesota everyone loves like superior agates it almost takes on like a mythical form at times because you always hear about going to the beaches on lake superior and finding little lake superior agates but then you see some of these people that have these just beautiful large you know, like superior gets and it becomes this mythical thing of like, you know, being able to find something like that. And um, the more you learn about it, you do find out that, yes, you're never going to find a one pound egg on the shore at Lake Superior. They come from other areas. But mm -hmm. um, as a kid, I just kind of started collecting just little, you know, just a few, nothing that, you know, would be anything crazy. Um, I still remember I've got somewhere I've got the first egg I ever found. It's only about this big, but um, I remember it was actually on a bike trail at a, on a state park by a state park and, uh, just a kid and I picked it up and went, Oh, that's really cool. And then, um, from there it just kind of lingered. And then I was trying to figure out what I wanted to do maybe for college. And then I got lucky and we had an earth science class in high school. Mm -hmm. And that was where I really kind of like, you know, this is kind of pretty cool. And then decided actually for college i said you know i, I want to do environmental science and geology um because i like the outdoors and this seems like a good pairing to do and then went to college and learned that environmental science was not something i really enjoyed it was more of like a soft science that mm -hmm. i really like to get into the nitty-gritty where geology's got chemistry math you know physics all sorts of different actual sciences and so I, I decided that I would instead minor in environmental science. And then I actually picked up a business degree. 
So I actually nice. got two degrees. I actually got my bachelor's in geology with a minor in environmental science. And then I also have a bachelor's in business management as well. Nice. Um, and then I was trying to figure out what to do afterwards and talked with a professor and he said, Hey, uh, you know, um, why don't you think about grad school? So then I went and it, you know, did that, I applied to a bunch of different ones and then uh, went ahead and didn't get into most of them. Um, had some ones I really thought I was going to, and I got put actually on the wait list for the University of Minnesota Duluth. And hmm. it was sort of a safety. I didn't think much of it. And, and then the day of decisions, someone had decided to go somewhere else and I got bumped off the waiting list to accepted. Oh, wow. And it turned out to be this amazing thing. I, I had a really good advisor, uh, made some discoveries, got research published, did all that stuff. Um, and then I stayed a little bit afterwards and got to work on some more local stuff. And then after that, had some issues getting the job. So I wound up working in the oil fields in Wyoming and North Dakota for a bit. And then the oil prices tank got laid off. And then um, now I'm doing environmental consulting, um, originally doing this in Chicago. And then I moved back to Minnesota finally after, you know, I don't know how many years, um, was able to finally make it back. And, um, throughout all that, I've just been nothing but growing my interests. So, you know, it seems like every time I'm doing vacations, it's something's going to be revolving around rocks. Well, rocks. And, yep. Yeah. <laughs> so. So yeah, it's been something that's just grown and now it's, you know, it's, I guess, turning into a podcast and, uh, yeah. um, you know, and I, and I like expanding it too. I'm in, um, the Minnesota mineral club doing a lot of work with that. I've given some talks, um, at various, um, boy scout events, both to cub scouts and boy scouts with geology. So it's just, you know, kind of grow from that. You were saying you are doing consulting right now. Is that what you're doing? Yeah, so I do environmental consulting, um, which basically the way I kind of the the shortest version I see is I do a lot of soil and water testing. That's the main part of my job. So um, we look for contamination um, and help companies clean it up. Uh, that's usually the most of what we do. We also do for us, we do a lot of work with Department of Transportation. So if they're going to be doing road work, they need to know if they're going to hit any contamination for both the workers and then also disposal purposes. So that's kind of what I do. And it's not really, you know, rocks and minerals for the most part. And mm -hmm. I've been telling my boss, you need to start sending me to constructions where I can find agates because yeah. <laughs> in Minnesota where there aren't agates. And I'm like, come on, like I could be, if I'm going to watch people dig dirt all day, I should at least be able to look for agates. Find a rock or, yeah. So yeah. I'm curious. Um, you know how like miner or people who own mines and they have to like have like a geologist like assess, you know, um, you know what they have. Like, have you ever considered doing that? Because I think that would be fun. Um, I mean, initially, I actually was trying to get into more of the like mining. Um, a short preview: our our guests that we're having on in April got their geology degree in economic geology from Nevada, Reno. And I was actually looking at going to Nevada, Reno for a master's in economic geology, which was okay. <laughs> a little crazy to me reading that because I was looking at the timeframes and I was like, if I would have went, I would have actually met them. Um, so it, it was something that was interesting to me, but um, you know, I, if you asked me to like go to some property and look at, you know, 
do you have gold or whatever? I I wouldn't know. And honestly, you know, there's there's a lot of stuff in geology. People feel like geologists know like every mineral. I've met think, a lot of yeah, people, yeah. A lot of people that I mean, I remember I met a guy online on Reddit who actually invited me to go to it was how I got into some of the fluorescent minerals in New Jersey. And he said, Hey, mm-hmm. you know, you're going to be out in New Jersey, you know, whatever. Um, I can meet up with you. Um, my dad's really into stuff. And his dad is actually a dentist. And mm-hmm. he took me to the Franklin mineral museum and yes. it, it, he knew all the minerals. He knew all the things to look for. We went to the dumps and we we're poking around there. And I'm like, I, I have no idea what most of these minerals are. I can, I can identify calcite. <laughs> Um, (laughs) the minerals in the museum it's like okay i know what franklinite looks like but you know if you shove a rock in my face there's certain things that i can you know the main minerals i can figure out but if if i'm being honest i know a lot of people that are way more into minerals that you know they know way more than me as a geologist but i i've got the knowledge to look it up if i you know know something that's not quite there and um, in all honesty, I was really into geomorphology, so how landscapes form, mm-hmm. um, and that that kind of stuff. So I'm I'm really good at if you put me on to, you know, a hill, I can kind of look around and figure out, you know, how do the landscapes change and all of that stuff. That's the part of geology that I really enjoyed, which is important because that's going to help you find the rocks. I mean, <laughs> knowing how yeah. everything formed, yeah, yeah. And I, and I've given talks about um, like Montana gets. I spent some time with undergrad. I like I said, I mentioned that I did my undergrad in Montana um, at Rocky Mountain College in Billings and did a whole bunch of um, rock hounding there for Montana. It's actually more so after college. I was so busy with college with two degrees that I didn't really have much time to get out. So um, I did a lot more afterwards and I've given presentations where I say, you know, everyone loves to go down to the Yellowstone River, find them at the river. That's where everyone knows. But there's tons of gravel bars up above where the river was before. And if you kind of know some of that history and can spot some of those, um, especially in Minnesota too, where you can find places where the glaciers have gone, that helps out a lot. That's one area that like, I'm still like personally trying to get better at. So now I know who to go to (laughs) (laughs) is trying to understand that better. I mean, like I, I have a small grasp on it, but not where I feel like I know enough to be able to not necessarily assess like you do, but to, you know, there's some people that are, you know, rock hounds that, you know, follow the, um, I guess, what's the right word for the map with um, all the glacial movements and patterns? Is there a certain name for that kind of map? I mean, there's just, we'll call them geologic maps. Um, oh, okay. Just, okay. So yeah. there's people that can look at those and then be able to take that map and go to these areas and be able to figure out, you know, where to go and look like I'm still not good at that. So that's something that yeah. I need to work on. So now we I know who to go to. <laughs> yeah, and it's something that honestly, it's experience. Um, when I first started looking for agates in Montana, it's, you know, I'd be happy that I found a bunch of little ones. And then you start kind of understanding the rivers and how things are. And then mm-hmm. you start, you know, knowing where else to go. And then you start thinking, you know, that I've spent, I don't know, countless hours probably on Google Earth, just, you know, going down gravel bars and trying to figure out, you know, could this be a good one or, you know, beyond the river, um, trying to figure out, you know, with access and all sorts of things. So it's it's one of those, the more you do it, and also it's it's a lot of time. I, I know a lot of people looking for Lake Superior, they, 
they go to the beaches on Lake Superior because they're right there. And that's mm-hmm. where everyone goes. Um, but I can tell you, putting in the time of looking at maps of where the gravel is, um, driving down roads, looking at farm fields, knocking on doors, trying to get access to farm fields, that's, you know, that's what I started to do. And I've, it's, I've been rewarded for it. So I wish, you know, it's, it's you get what you get, you know, you give in. So you think, would your opinion be that someone may find better agates more in the field than on on the lakeshore? Yes, yeah, definitely. Um, the the rock sizes that you find on Lake Superior are usually about this, and I mean, you can find you know big boulders almost in farm fields. Wow, wow, so I didn't know that. <laughs> I, I I haven't so in in Lake Superior agate world, a pounder is a big agate, and so there's always the elusive you know pounder club. Mm-hmm. Um, I haven't found my pounder yet. I've been close, but. Um, I've been getting closer now. Um, and it's one of those that, you know, I, I've been to, I don't know how many different farm fields that, you know, four or so that I've gotten contacts with and, Mm -hmm. you know, gone out and just looked and, and some of it's just time. I sometimes will, if I know it's going to rain, I'll go out and look in the rain. I'll take work off on a Wednesday to go do that and walk the farm field in the rain. So it's, you know, it's always those, you never know what you're going to get, which is, you know. I guess why everyone loves it. So I, I want to ask, um, as somebody who's um, newer into coming into rock hounding, um, really interested, um, been watching the show, um, you know, maybe they're in the Facebook groups and, you know, they're the, the watcher and not the commenter. They're just absorbing. Um, what kind of advice or information would you share with them to help them get started as a newer rock hound? Yeah, I think Facebook is a great place to start. Um, I will caution against it. You have to be careful about who you're talking to. I've seen people get very upset that they get told that something is not an agate and they're swear it is. And you'll have geologists, hobbyists, lapidaries, everyone say it's not an agate. And they're like, no, it is. And so um, there are people, you know, even people that you know, I've seen just flat out wrong answers from people that aren't geologists mm-hmm. and they just mm-hmm. spout it out like they know what they're talking about. So you have to kind of be careful on Facebook. I'm not saying you can't ever ask questions and get answers. Mm-hmm. Just take it with a grain of salt. salt. Make sure you figure out who you're talking to because um, there's a lot of sometimes bad information. I think I think some of it's just misplaced confidence. Okay. Um, and, I, and I know that some people who don't have a geology degree but they definitely know what they're talking about. So mm-hmm. um, I think it's kind of one of those, if you know, just be positive in what you're looking at. And if you don't know, um, I'll be the first as a geologist to say, I don't know. I've had plenty of people come up to me and say, what is this? And I'll give a rough estimate of what I think it might be. Mm-hmm. But if I don't know, I'm going to say, I don't know. Mm-hmm. Um, so Facebook can be a decent place, but in all honesty, the, the best place to go is a mineral club. Um, mineral clubs have people that are sometimes experts. Um, there's a couple geologists I know in the mineral in Minnesota mineral club that I'm in. Um, and that's really the best place to go. And it, honestly, if you go to a mineral club in your area, you're going to be going and, um, you know, meeting with people that know the areas too, because everyone likes to go out and look for rocks. And if you're meeting people from that area, they're going to know the best places to go, the the things to look at, all of those. So 
Um, Mineral clubs are the best. And then two, just books. Um, there's a lot of different books out there and, um, and a lot of websites too. Um, I will say some places like Reddit, there's like the rock hounds subreddit. Um, I like that one because they'll really? actually give flares to people that are geologists. So oh. like I have a flare that says I'm a geologist. So if, you know, five people comment on a thing and they say, oh, it looks like Plagioclase. And I come in and say, well, no, it actually kind of looks like, you know, it might be, you know, quartz or something like that, which is not probably the best example. But, um, you know, you'll kind of know, oh, he's a geologist. He might know. And, and you know, people need to understand, too, in geology, geologists will argue with geologists, too. So um, that's just part of the science. And part of it is it's not always an exact thing. And we can't always stick something under a microscope or into something to analyze it. But right. um, yeah, I, the mineral clubs are the best. You'll get news. A lot of them, you'll get newsletters, you've got rock shows, you've got field trips. Um, and those are always the ways to, to learn. So I didn't know about the Reddit. I'm not really a Reddit person. So that's interesting. Maybe it might be something that I will want to use as a resource. Um, I guess I just yeah, hadn't thought about. Yeah. And there's um, with Reddit too, there's a couple really nice subreddits. One's called what's this rock. And so it's mm -hmm. a very nice, you know, it's, it's become a little bit overtaken by some of the crystal people that'll buy those towers of a random crystal. And they'll say, what is this? And it's like, well, it's all cut and polished and who knows? It's like, do you want to know smack it with a hammer and we'll see what the cleavage is. But um you know the uh, there's also one called fossil id that one's really good i've, I've um, used that too oh um, yeah fossil id i'm familiar with yeah 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 but yeah fossil id with. what's this rock rock pounds there's lapidary faceting uh geology um and then i've also started to i've only looked um i know if my fiance is watching she's gonna be a little bit uh nervous but i started looking at there's one for radioactive rocks um, and they uh -huh. do like a whole, like they'll educate and like, you know, I, I just like looking at the photos and, um, some of the stuff that people own that's radioactive is they're, they're pretty spicy. So, um, yeah, 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 yeah. Educating's really important when it comes to that kind of stuff. Yeah. Um, everybody's just really, does anybody have any questions? Um, does anybody want to ask him, which is really cool about this new platform is that we can pull your questions over um, like I did uh, Will's here, um, or your comments over, rather. Um, so if you have a question, um, we can pull it over. And so that we are streaming on four different accounts right now. So it will, you know, show to everybody. So you are going to, we're going to be in New York in, in May. And you're, you are go, taking a trip there with your um, mineral club. And what's, what is the uh, trip in May that you're doing with them? Uh, well, yeah, it's actually the first weekend of June. So um, we are going to the uh, couple spots in northern New Jersey for fluorescent minerals. So um, that's okay. one of the nice things about uh, these trips with the mineral clubs is you'll, a lot of times you'll get access that you wouldn't get otherwise. So um we are we are going through um the the sterling hill museum and getting a a private tour of the mine and everything okay. like that That's we're doing cool. collecting there um we're also doing um the franklin um mineral museum and, and the dump site there we're, we're doing day collecting and then they also have a public night collecting so we'll be doing that as well um 
so that's the trip we're doing. And, and honestly, if you love field trips, join a mineral club or multiple mineral clubs. Uh, for insurance purposes, you'll have to be a member. Um, so like for, for ours, for the Minnesota Mineral Club, I, wa I want to say it's about $24 for the year for a single person. And it's $36 mm -hmm. for a family. So it's very affordable. You get, you know, almost monthly meetings, you get a newsletter and you get access to field trips. And the field trips that we're doing this year for the Minnesota Mineral Club are a lot. I'm the field trip director and it's been almost nonstop. We, we actually already did trips to New Mexico and Arizona. Um, in May, we've got a family-friendly trip to a fossil quarry in Iowa. And then we're going to the nice. UP for some copper minerals in May. Uh, oh, then we nice. basically go to, um, we're actually, someone's organizing a Herkimer trip right before a New Jersey trip. So we got Herkimer diamonds, fluorescent minerals in New Jersey. Um, and then I'm trying to think in June. Um, I'm actually doing a uh, agate trip for a mineral club in uh, the UP of Michigan in June. Oh, nice. And then in July, we have a uh, Colorado trip. We did it last year, and it's probably going to turn into a yearly trip for our club. We'll look for Amazonite, Smoky Quartz, Topaz, Bearite. Um, we did fossils last time. I don't think they're going to do fossils again this time um just all sorts of really cool things and and you know so areas like like uh if you watch the show prospectors on the weather channel the doris family was on there yeah. and uh yeah. we, we're they only give access to clubs so unless you're in a mineral club you won't be able to go onto their claims so um that's one that's going on in july uh august we've got a big montana trip for agates and dinosaur bones and then we've also got a member that is doing a marathon trip to western montana for garnets and sapphires and all that stuff then going to wyoming for petrified wood and fossil fish and then south dakota for fairburns and all that kind of stuff so there's just a ton wow, of that's a lot <laughs> yeah yeah and then and then beyond that too um i'm doing a trip in minnesota for starlight i'll be probably leading that one Wow. Uh, we've also got, uh, someone's organizing a trip to Chicago and that's going to be a non-collecting trip, but a museum's trip. So we're going to a bunch of different museums, um, in the Chicago area too. So it's, I mean, we've got now, so do many you have field to live. Do you have to live in Minnesota to be a part of it? You don't. So that's the really nice thing. So like our, our Montana trip, we do that every year, Labor Day weekend. And we, I think, so I'm trying to remember last year how many people i think we had about 50 people or so that were on our trip last year and we had people from uh most most people were from minnesota but we also have people from missouri california um and we also have a group from michigan that sometimes comes out i don't know if they did it last year but we have people from all over the u.s that um will join and and our our club is really great in that we do zoom meetings so if you have a topic that is really cool and you want to, you know, learn about it. Um, you don't even have to be in attendance. Uh, we've got our next meeting um, coming up in April here. Actually, we have Chris Clements from the Fluorescent Mineral Society talking yeah. about fluorescent minerals. So um, if you're interested in that, too, you don't even have to be a member to attend the meetings. We allow visitors as well. So uh, you can look at the Minnesota Mineral Club and, you know, go on some field trips, learn some things about rocks or just look up your local clubs. There's so many out there. Yeah. 
Yeah, yeah. Um, I, I'm, um, I'm a, well, I guess I'm probably not a member now because it's a new year. <laughs> and it's been a busy beginning of the year. But I was last year of the um, Friends of Mineralogy of Midwest. So there are a lot of, of clubs. However, this the club that you're speaking of, I mean, that's a lot of trips. <laughs> that's incredible. Yes. Yeah. I, I talked in our, our last but newsletter. But you're, you're the director of that. So you're coordinating <laughs> all that. So that's, that's yeah, great. It's, it's, it, it can be a lot at times, uh, especially when we, we do signups on our website. So when there's website issues, uh, it, it can be a lot. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, it looks like we have a question. Oh, yeah. Uh, Greg says... Are any of the agates that you collect fluorescent under long wave? Um, actually, surprisingly, um, not Lake Superior agates. Um, I know the fluorescent sodalite, that's kind of what it got popularity because some mm-hmm. people were trying to look for agates with long wave. Um, the Lake Superior agates, you won't find any. Um, I found a couple that fluoresce a little bit, but there's it's not anything. Um, however, I will say a lot of the agates in Montana will fluoresce. Um, not every yeah. Montana agate, um, I'd say maybe five to 10% of the my Montana agates do fluoresce. Um, some of them are white, some of them are green. Um, and then a lot of the, they call them like cold water agates or limestone agates in Montana. A lot of those will fluoresce. So like your, your bear canyons, um, I should check. I've got some teepee Canyon. Um, I should, should try and check that but a lot of those your your uh, dry heads a lot of those will fluoresce too um some of those because it's uh urinal or uranium activated uh your best is to use a short wave light rather than a long wave it needs a little bit more uranium to show up in the long wave but um yeah so and then there's a lot of worldwide agates that fluoresce um crazy lace agates the um, Dugway geodes aren't technically agates, but they look kind of like agates. A lot of thunder eggs. Uh, the Baker ranches fluoresce really well. Um, purple passion. I've seen some purple passion agates, lagunas, even some of those. So um, long waves are really cheap. The technology for that has come a long way. Um, I just did a, a worked with our club, uh, the Minnesota Mineral Club, to actually get flashlights for people and get filters on them and do all of that. Um, and I think the kits with a flashlight filter, two batteries and a charger, we are looking at like $65. So those are really, really, really uh, cost effective. Yeah. yeah. So um, short waves are a lot more expensive. Yeah, I know. So Greg had asked if it was worthwhile. I mean, my personal opinion is yes. I think having a, a, a long wave UV light, I, I think is, something that i don't know if you like fluorescent i think it's something that you should have but what do you what's your opinion on that yeah um and and you know like i i've told people this before um you don't need a fluorescent uh, a uv light to collect fluorescent minerals i actually started collecting fluorescent minerals before i had a light before i had a display case um and it's one of those that you know if you see a good deal if, if it's something you really like, you know, go ahead and get it. Um, and then I just saved up and it took me a couple years and I finally bought uh, a shortwave is actually just a field collecting light, but it's a, one of the bigger brick ones yeah. that I could actually fit onto something if I wanted to do a short display. Um, and now it's, it's grown. I have a huge display case of 
a short wave and long wave in the display case, the OP3 acrylic and the whole nine on it. So, so um, you don't need a, 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 a long wave light to collect them, but you do need them to see it, you know, fluoresce, correct? Yes. Yeah. And so, yeah. some things, it's almost like almost everything will fluoresce. Some things you do, like I know looking for sodalite, some of the rocks will look really similar. They'll look white. And so if you grab a bunch of white rocks off a beach in Michigan, it might not be all sodalite, but, um, you know, some of the other stuff, like I, I've got a lot and I, I can tell you, it's kind of one of those, you know, like the saying, if, if you got a hammer, everything looks like a nail. When you've got a UV flashlight, everything looks fluorescent. So you will check your entire collection if you get a UV flashlight. And you might be surprised. There's been some um, interesting things that people have found, and I've found too. Just, mm -hmm. you know, you've got a box of rocks that you've had sitting around for a while, and you check it with a light, and it's, holy cow, I didn't know that this would be like yeah. this. There's some tricksters, though, in that. You know, things will fluoresce red, and it's just algae. It's not calcite. You know, they're... You know, there are some things that you, you, you learn as you get into the fluorescent world of minerals that you realize you think you have this something really great and it's not when you clean it, it goes away. <laughs> so, yeah. I mean, there are things that glow like organically that aren't necessarily the rock that's glowing. Um, so you do have to learn. Um, you learn in time as you collect and, and, you know, resources and getting connected with people who are who are in the fluorescent world. But um, obviously, I'm a fluorescent person, so I'm going to say, yes, you should have a at least a long wave. <laughs> um, yeah. Have you been, as I say, have you been, I, nobody even thinks about this because everybody's like, Lake Superior, Lake Superior. Personally, and I may be a little biased, but I think Lake Erie has, and Lake Ontario has the best uh, fluorescent sodalites. Um, have you hunted out that far yet for... Um, any uh, fluorescent rocks? I, I haven't been out that far. I have been to the Keweenaw in the in the UP of Michigan. Um, I went kind of when the sodalite craze was close mm -hmm. to high gear. Um, I, I went to a beach a couple nights, and I've got a I've got a vase full of of sodalite of well cyanite sodalite rich cyanite. Yeah, yeah. Um, and so you know I've done a little bit of that stuff, and it's fun. Um, I, I will say anyone that is into sodalite, if you look at any of the other sodalite, um, especially the stuff from Afghanistan is brighter. The stuff from Greenland is the brightest you're ever going to see. Um, I, I've done some comparisons. If you if you track down some sodalite from Greenland and you put it next to those that uh -huh. you get on the beaches of Michigan, it's night and day, pretty yeah. much. You know, pun intended. That it's it's so much brighter and. Yeah. Um, the one thing I will say, one of my favorite minerals right now is hackmanite. It mm -hmm. is a type of sodalite, mm -hmm. and I like to describe it as sunburn, but it's a tenorbescent. So mm -hmm. if you if it's like clear and you hit it with a UV light, it'll turn like purple. Mm -hmm. um, so you almost give it like a sunburn, and it actually will naturally fade. You um, gotta go up have... to Bancroft. Yeah, uh, yeah, and you get hackmanite and Bancroft too, and oh yeah, um, it's gorgeous. Mount St. Hilaire, and yeah, yeah, yeah. it's. Yeah, we we actually had someone in our mineral club approach me a couple meetings ago that said, you know, hey, we're new members. We've been up here. This sounds like this would be a really good trip. And I said, not this year. We have way too much. But, um, you know, that might be something that we might be doing next oh, year. Bancroft, it's, they have this, the CN, um, which Greg, I'm sure, knows about, um, the CN dump pile. It's like 
amazing. It's just like this huge pile of Hackmanite. I mean, I was there last summer, and I'm telling you, this size that I have, I mean, I could barely carry it. It's got to be 50, 60 pounds, and it's just this huge, beautiful Hackmanite that just Oh my God. And you can just, I mean, you take that, everything glows there. It's, it's incredible. If anybody is listening and wants to know where it's at, I'm happy to give it to you because everybody in Canada knows where it's at. Um, well, I shouldn't say everybody, but people in the area, Ontario, who know about the stuff. Um, it's, it's incredible. I, I went there during the day, but I knew, I know what I was looking for. Well, every, I mean, it's all, it all, it, it, it's like all hack when I there. So, um, it's a great experience, and it's just like it's it's free. <laughs> it's just a dump pile, so it's really cool. Yeah, yeah, there's there's a lot of cool places like that. Um, yeah, you'll find some of it looking online. You know, different you know blogs and whatever joining mineral clubs, but yeah, yeah, there's so many cool places like that around. Um, I, I will say I did see one of the comments ask about um, oh, yeah. if people are out of state to join trips or whatever. Um, as long as you are a member, you if you pay for the whole year and you show up for one field trip, we don't we don't mind. But um, for insurance purposes, because our insurance only covers people that are members. So if you want to okay. join a field trip for a mineral club, um, you will have to be a member. But you can go to a lot of the meetings. Uh, mineral clubs will say, you know, just become a, you know, join. Go as a visitor if you want to kind of see what the meetings are about. And um, and then you can become a member. Yeah, I'm not sure if there's any other questions here. I agree, Wayne, about the uh, the Turkish agates. They do have a really nice, nice glow. They are very pretty. Yeah, and and honestly, fluorescents now are it is the next hot thing in it is mineral and rock hound collecting, it is. and and it's crazy. I started getting into fluorescent minerals a couple years ago, um, and I, I've bought some. Uh, Greenland minerals and I, I remember the prices that I was paying for them and now they've gone up probably I don't know 30% at least on some of the stuff yeah. um, it, it almost made me you know you, you start thinking about investments it's like oh if I would have invested <laughs> yeah. I was my money just in... thinking that like investment yeah yeah instead of putting but you know forget my retirement account and stocks, <laughs> I'm just gonna buy rocks and then <laughs> wait a few years and then I'll, I'll cash out and retire. But no. Um, yeah. It's, it's crazy how much they're, they're getting popular now. Yeah. Um, and I think a lot of it speaks to how accessible the technology is now because you can spend, you know, 50, 70 bucks on a flashlight and that's all you need and you can go out and find them. Um, and obviously you can get way more expensive from there, but Mm -hmm. um, it's so easy to get into. And um, I, I've been seeing a lot more at mineral shows of people carrying them and even vendors now too. vendors will use it as a selling tool to have in their booths to, to sell rocks and minerals. Yes, it's fun. Hey, um, mineral monsters. Welcome. Um, it, so at Red Cloud Mine, is it long wave or short wave? I'm just curious. I know. um our guest that's going to be on Ellie. She was just there with the um, um, Brian, the crystal collector. They just uh, had a YouTube video about um, the red cloud mine and fluorescent rocks out there. So I was just curious um, if they were long wave or short wave. Both. Yeah. <laughs> yeah both both is, that... is always, is always the best answer. <laughs> so, 
Ben, what's your favorite rock or your favorite mineral? That's really tough. Um, I mean, as a geologist, that's like asking, you know, I know. Music, it's like a music head. Like, what, who's your favorite band? And it's like, well, I know. You narrow it down. Or, you know, what was your favorite concert? You know, whatever. Um, you know, as a geologist, I would have to say from a geology standpoint, um, I don't know if you've heard of Slick Insides. No, I, I just like actually. the name for one. Um, it's it's, <laughs> it's a cool name. In a, uh, a fault will the pressure and friction of a fault will actually sort of metamorphose a surface and it'll polish and scrape a surface mm -hmm. of a rock. And I've actually got one um, that I found in Montana, but they're, they're really cool just because it, it kind of gives you, you know, it, it was a fault and the rocks were moving and it, that's how it, it formed um, those features. And um, it's really cool. I've got one. Um, you can't quite feel it on that one, but some of them you can actually feel the grooves and can mm -hmm. tell which way the fault was slipping on the rocks. Um, so as a geologist, I, I like slipping sides. Um, and brutches are probably a close second, but as a, as a mineral rock hound collector, um, it's kind of a tough one. Agates are always just one of those sort of a childhood, like close to my heart, sort of like a peanut butter and jelly sandwich. It's, yeah. it's not anything gourmet, but you know, it's That's some a of those good analogy. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's that home, you know, kind of feel of nostalgia of, you know, being a little kid and finding agates. Um, I've always, always loved agates, but um you know that some of the really cool stuff i've been collecting now too are some of the terlingua type calcites i've i've liked those a oh, lot and yes. kids go crazy for them when i when i show fluorescent Where rocks are you getting kids, those because i thought they weren't i thought that mine was closed uh i'm not sure if it's closed or not but i've i've got some people that i've purchased um okay. some from and i've seen them at shows i i just bought a a clear one from a show um but for those that don't know terlingua type calcite it's named for the terlingua mine um in down in texas yep um you can also find them in mexico but they're calcites that will be uh pink or blue in uv depending on what wavelength you use so and they're so pretty yeah so under oh gosh i feel like i'm gonna get wrong um, pink under, is long wave yeah pink is long wave and mm -hmm. then blue is short wave they're very phosphorescent to um, so when you shut the UV lights off, they mm -hmm. glow for sometimes seconds yeah. afterwards. Yeah, they're very um, pretty. So those those are really hot. Um, I, I really like those. I actually, there's an article, if if you're not in the Fluorescent Mineral Society, you should join. I'll, I'll put that out there. They do a, like a quarterly journal that they'll put out of articles. And someone mentioned they had found terlingua-type calcite in Iowa. What? And it's it's from, uh, it's actually That's a, it's, it's, they lined the i believe it's the cedar river with a bunch of riprap and we're talking miles and miles of riprap along the banks of the river for flood oh. protection and erosion control oh. and they found within the limestone they found these calcite crystals and they were just driving through on a road trip and they found out that the calcites were trilingua type um they're not as bright so if you think you're going to go there and find like super bright, it's nowhere near what you can find down in Texas. But I, I went down and found some and they are not every single piece. So you do have to check them. But I was able to hit just with like a long wave kind of, you know, in a backpack or something, you can hit it. And the ones that show a little bit will you'll know that they are. Um, but yeah, Terlingua type calcites are really cool. Um, yeah. And I, you know, there's it's so weird you know sometimes my tastes just change and 
-hmm. It's one of those you never know until you see a picture of something and then all of a sudden it's like, oh, I got to have that. Yeah. So those those are kind of what I my favorite ones. You know, if you ask me today, um, I'm sure it'll probably change in a couple months or whatever. But yeah, yeah, yeah. um, Yeah. Or once I finally get a rock saw or something like that, I'm sure I'm going to start branching out into a whole bunch of other stuff yeah i was, I was gonna say I, I was gonna grab mine but it's like right there but i'm, I'm not it's <laughs> like i kind of <laughs> i'm a little it's like i want a bigger one it's only like a, a small um of terlingua yeah yeah so, yeah yeah Yeah, i i got oh that's so there's another story with that too i i got there was a, someone on facebook that was selling them um and i yeah, said you know yeah. i really i really want a nice one uh-huh. uh, this was a, a couple years ago and and so we, we, we talked and I was like, okay, I want to spend like maybe like a hundred dollars and it was mm-hmm. going to be like a, a bigger piece. Mm-hmm. And he shipped it to me. And I, I remember, cause there was a holiday on Monday and I was getting home on like Wednesday and I was like, okay, it'll be there like on Thursday. Well, it was fast and it got there on Wednesday and I came nice. home Wednesday night and it wasn't <laughs> there. Oh, and someone in my apartment had stolen <gasps> my box and I, I was like, I can't find it anywhere. And they're, and they were probably contact. thinking it was something cool and not a rock. Yeah, they're like, oh, price is heavy, <laughs> you know, a couple pounds or whatever. And yeah, so I was really upset. And so I messaged the seller was really great. I messaged him and said, hey, like, I'm not trying to get my money back. I understand, like, yeah. you're out the rock, whatever. But um, and he gave me a really good deal on a second one. Um, so I was able to get another one, which was really nice. Um, and that's, that's sad, though. <laughs> yeah. And it's one of those like I, I don't ship anything to me anymore. I've got, you know, parents or yeah, yeah, yeah. people that I'll, I'll have stuff sent to because, you know, when you see some of those things online and it's like, oh, that rock or, you know, I, I've seen, you know, you can't replace it was like that one and only. Yeah, like I, yeah, I had that happen like... too. Someone was selling Lake Superior agates. Uh, I'm not going to mention their name, but they were selling and there was one. It, it looked really cool. It was like a six ounce Lake Superior agate and the banding in it with how it was broken and cut looked like a penguin. And I was oh. like, that's really cool. Yeah. So I, you know, purchased it and whatever. And he was kind of odd and wasn't shipping it. And then he got it shipped finally and I got it and he was like, Oh, I threw in a bunch of bonus stuff. And I was looking and I was like, these are not what I ordered. Hmm. And I weighed every single one of them and none of them were over like four ounces and it's supposed to be a six ounce stone. And I was like, okay, you like, I asked for the stone. If you didn't have it refund my money, whatever, but don't try to, you know, do that. Yeah. 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 So you'll run into that every so often, but I'll say, you know, 99% of the things I've bought from people online are, are really great. Just anytime I will say, if you're, if you're buying stuff on Facebook or anything, if you ever, have the slightest gut feeling something's not right. If they're like, oh, we'll do, you know, friends and family on PayPal or whatever. Like, I, I will not do that. If they want to upcharge me 3% to pay that or whatever, as long as I get the protection from PayPal, I'll yes. do that. I will say if you are ever selling anything on Facebook, include that in your price. Don't yeah. be those people that like someone thinks they're going to get it. And then you don't have that because as a buyer, I want to make sure that I'm getting the rock. And if I give you the money and it's friends and family paypal will do nothing if you say right. hey this was supposed to Correct. happen they go well too bad you yeah. didn't select friends. the right thing <laughs> yeah so yeah i will always the first time i buy anything from anyone that i haven't done business with i'll always do the with the protection and then if i do business once and i find you know they're trusted i'll do friends and family but don't ever put yourself in a situation where 
you know, I've heard stories of people dropping hundreds of dollars on agates or rocks or whatever. And then, you know, people will get strung along for months and then they never get it. And there's nothing that banks can do. So just be careful if you ever do that. But there's a lot of really good Facebook groups, well-moderated ones too. So that's another good source beyond, you know, rock shows or eBay. I have a curious question. Yes. And maybe it's a, it may be, I know they say there's never a stupid question, but it might be stupid. So when we, when people find these agates, you know, they're rather small. They're not typically like big boulders, right? Well, I mean, there are some out West. We're talking about like Lake Superior area, whatever. Right, right. Do you think we're going to run out of collecting agates? Well, I mean, the people are still finding agates in the host rock. So mm-hmm. I'm not sure if, if that would ever happen. Um, you know, in, in Minnesota, we'll, we'll find them on construction sites and stuff where people dig down into the, the glacial till. But Speaking just of on the lakeshore. Yeah, on the lakeshore, it's, I mean, it's hard because, like, it's obviously been picked over. Mm-hmm. When you talk to older people and they'll say, yeah, I could find a six on agate on, you know, Lake Superior. And you talk to people now, it's like you almost hear of no one finding a six ounce, you know, on Lake Superior. It's it does happen. You know, I'll hear maybe once or so a, a year I'll, I'll hear of someone, but it's just not like you used to. Um, mm-hmm. I don't think we're ever going to necessarily run out, but mm-hmm. um, just like any other natural thing, it'll, there's only so much that gets generated and, you aren't going to wait 10,000 years for the next glacier to plow them out or, you know, the rocks to get turned over that much. Like, yeah, we're, we're going to get low on them, but um, that's okay. the nice thing. But with Lake Superior, it gets though too. I will say uh, most people think you have to be on the beaches of Lake Superior and you can find them all the way down um, through Iowa, even into like Nebraska, Kansas, like some well, of those spots. There's people who find them all the way through the whole Mississippi. Yeah. Yeah. And, like and it's all the way down. Yeah, so in the in the basalt that the Lake Superior agates form in, it's over a billion years old. So we've had a lot of glacial cycles after that, and you know you can find them, you know, yeah, well south of Minnesota and even you know south of Iowa. Yeah, um, I've heard. I've got a friend in Illinois who goes to the Mississippi River, and it, I mean Mississippi River is in Illinois, right? <laughs> yep. Yeah, okay. on the west okay. side. Yeah. <laughs> Just wanted to make sure. <laughs> um, he he says he finds them there. So I, I that and I learned this like last year. I was like, what? I didn't know that. <laughs> so yeah. Um, so yeah, and I that's mean, one of those things. Like you know, we've talked about like doing research and studying things. And you know, if you think like, oh, well, if the glaciers move something this way, and then the river goes down here, you could probably find it down the river. Like you know, it's it's those mm-hmm. kinds of things too. Yeah. Um, there's there's a lot of you know stuff like that. Um, I've talked with a lot of people about Montana agates. Um, in Minnesota, we find them. They, people in Minnesota call them honey agates. You find them more in western Minnesota or along okay. the Minnesota River. And those are actually Montana agates. They get d- and, dendrites in them? Yes. Yeah. And I actually have some that I have found down by Mankato. Um, and, and people have talked with me and they said, well, that's yeah, that can't happen because the Yellowstone River goes up and then you know around sydney it hits the missouri and it goes like straight east and then down through the dakotas and it doesn't even get close to minnesota but what people don't understand is that the rivers didn't always flow that way and Mm -hmm. before the glaciers came down the yellowstone actually flowed up into canada so the montana agates actually flowed 
down the Yellowstone River into Canada, and then during the last glacial period, the ice sheet came down and basically stopped the Yellowstone where it's at now, and the Yellowstone merged with the Missouri and kind of goes along where oh. the old ice sheet boundary was. Okay. So um, what happened with that too then is all the agates that were up in Canada, the Des Moines lobe of the Laurentide ice sheet came down through western Minnesota pushed all those agates that were in Canada down into Minnesota. So it's, I mean, that's the kind of stuff I really like is, you know, thinking about the story of, you know, yeah. okay, I found a Montana yeah. agate in Minnesota. Yeah. So it had to form, you know, 250 million years ago or 250,000 years ago. Um, you know, whatever, whatever dates you want to get um, for that, which I know can be a discussion point, but you know, right, a right, right. depending on what you ago, believe. Right. Yeah, there's there's thoughts about that too because you can find Montana agates in Flaxville gravel that's a couple million years old, which is uh, older than the Yellowstone eruptions, and so they they don't think the Yellowstone is actually the source of okay. the Absorca volcanics. Um, but you you think about okay, so it formed in the Absorca volcanics and the you know in the the mountains of southern Montana, and then it had to get carried weathered out of the rock, carried all the way into Canada. And then the glaciers came down and pushed it from Canada into oh Minnesota. God. And then it was exposed at some place that I was able to find it. And that's, you know, or the Lake Superior gets, you know, a billion year old basalt that it formed in with a bunch of iron and different stuff to make it red. And then, you know, glaciers and things that pushed over it. And that's the kind of stuff that I really, you know, really enjoy when you look at a rock and, it's not just a rock. It's got a story of you yeah, know, where it came from, how it formed. Yeah, and all yeah, of that. yeah. Yeah, that's that's really neat to me to learn is that that story behind it. And I like how you use that that word, the story. I agree. Does anybody have any questions for for Ben? I mean, it could be, I guess, anything really at this point. Yeah, <laughs> yeah rocks, oh, yeah. geology. Yeah let, yeah, let me ask you. So, mm -hmm. if you're a new rock hound. And you, um, like I mentioned, you, you, we talked about resources and where to get started, but what kind of tools would you recommend for a new rock hound to get started in? Now, considering, let's, let's consider, or let's not consider, because we know that in the Great Lakes, people aren't really using, you know, we're, they're not doing any kind of like mining. They're more doing beach combing. Right, um, the surface, yeah. Right, so... In general, though, so let's just not focus on Great Lakes. Um, in general, if you're a new rock hound and you are going to get tools, what kind of tools would you recommend for a new rock hound? Well, I, you know, I, I go back and forth on mineral books, like identification books. Um, I don't use them too much. And honestly, there's a lot on the Internet that, you know, you can you can find um it's, I think, knowing what to use to identify. So um, for for rocks um, and minerals, uh, you never see them covered in dirt. So I know a lot of people, especially looking for agates, they like to carry squirt bottles. Um, I've personally gotten so well, good at identifying some of it that I don't ever carry. I've just found it's more weight to carry. I'd rather carry rocks than water um, for that purpose. Um, so a squirt bottle is a really good thing. Um, and really any, anything that you can use to help kind of get the dirt off. Um, that's, that's probably your number one thing. Cause you never will find, you know, a nice polished looking stone just sitting on the ground. It's always going to be dirty. 
So that's that's probably one of the the, the top ones. Um, and that's interesting and that then, you said that because when I've asked this question before, no one said that. So that's interesting. Okay. Yeah, yeah, and yeah. that's and that's honestly, you know, I, I see so many people, and that's also why I like some of the Facebook groups is people will post like they're on a beach and they see an agate, and I do it a lot too. Is I'll you know I'll take a photo, and it's kind of one of those like where's Waldo? Like find the agate, um, and so and those really help if you were trying to start out um and it's not just agates but any mineral or you know geodes too like people posting raw photos of geodes like you'd never think to some of the shapes of what to look for and if people right. are posting what they look like out there that's going to help you way more than you know some of the other you know cut polished looking stones um and then you know anything that can help you sort of with that to kind of get to what it actually looks like so like a rock hammer those are really good to, to break them open. Um, if you're breaking rocks, try to use the flat side, not the pointy end. I know <laughs> whenever I go and I've got little Boy Scouts and I go, here's a rock hammer and some safety glasses. And they always do the pointy end. And I'm like, nope, that's not, that's actually not the end you want to use. Use the flat <laughs> one and, and break it. Um, and then you get the points are all meshed down because they just want to hit it. Um, but a rock hammer is really good. Um, and then, you know, just just getting out honestly um make sure that you're comfortable i would say is probably one of the also the bigger things so having proper footwear uh sunscreen water you know the good hiking boots and you know some something to carry your rocks that's not gonna kill your back is really key to um you know either buckets or a, a nice backpack or something because mm -hmm. the more time that you spend on it the more you're going to get from it so the most that you can do to you know get yourself out there as much as you can that's that's going to be your best tools is experience yeah 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 and and as the more you do it you you learn i mean you just even if you don't know exactly what you're looking at when you get out there, even if it's the same place, it's like you start to, I can't even describe it. You just. Yeah, it's, 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 it's almost it's, like, like a. It's almost a connect. I don't know. I'm going to say connection, but it's. it's I do I, I actually, like the, I do want to say connection. It's like you understand I, what you're looking at. I yeah. I, I always, I always think about it as like a geologist. It's like when Neo in the matrix and he like has this, the code that, forms and everything like makes sense to him and like being a geologist that's kind of what it's like is i'll go to a gravel bar and it's like oh basalt granite uh you know church church you know whatever oh that that's got some you know waxy texture it's kind of pitted yeah um you know maybe it's a little bit translucent you know pick it up oh it's an agate so it's one of those yeah like you start recognizing the subtle yes. patterns um, I will say if you are trying to identify like Lake Superior gets or anything, honestly, my best thing that I've done is look for Montana agates, because if you go out to Montana, you will find more agates than you will have on any beach or whatever in Minnesota. And because a lot of them are more of that honey, they're more clear. Sometimes when you get out and look for those on the river and it's a sunny day, I mean, I've taken photos, the sun will hit those agates and it's almost like a light bulb sitting on the gravel. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, and yeah, yeah. once you start finding some of those, then that you is... start finding the ones that don't quite look like that and are a little bit dirtier. Um, and then, you know, from there, you really start to get, you know, what they call the eye for it. Um, and and I'm, I went to Montana, I think it was two years ago, and I was out 
on a, a gravel bar and because of the river and stuff there wasn't really good ice that year um and i ended up seeing just it was about that big just a little bit peeking up and i pulled it out and it's like a pound and a half agate that i found just from that little bit that was peeking up and so once you start getting that real good eye for it uh, and knowing what to look for that's um that's really helpful uh it looks like yeah it was uh, so, Greg's. yeah so greg's asking uh, for yeah. lake superior agates is it best on a rainy cloudy sunny night i will say if you're hunting at night you're probably trespassing into pits and i would say that you should not do that uh for a whole wide variety of reasons um but i will say a rainy day is my favorite i have found they pop so much more um when I was dating my fiance, I took her to a farm field in the rain. And because we just started dating, she actually did it. She won't do it anymore, but it was, you know, she was finding them and she almost has no experience. And so a rainy day is, is really the best um, just prep for it. But, you know, some people say sunny is good, but then you start dealing with shadows and you got to walk a certain way. So you're not shadowing, you know, covering yourself up with it. Um, I always tell people the best time is just to get out whenever you can. If you've got a day off of work and it's raining, go for it. If it's really hot and sunny, go for as long as you can, like as you know, do what you can and you'll start picking up, you know, on a cloudy day, sunny day, whatever you can start picking them up in all kinds of lighting. Well, um, I think Greg, Greg is from Canada and it sounds like with his questions, maybe Greg might be thinking about coming down and he's probably yeah. maybe looking for an ideal time to come. Is what yeah. I'm grasping, if that's correct, Greg. Springtime's always the best time in any place that gets snow because everything will be turned over when the snow melts. So if you can get out when the snow melts, um, unfortunately in Minnesota, that looks like it's never going to happen because <laughs> we just we got dumped on and then they're talking where I'm at another four inches tomorrow and I'm actually headed up to Duluth this weekend for some hockey games and they're talking like another eight to 10 and 12 inches in Duluth. Um, so it's never going to end in Minnesota. It seems like, so whenever that snow does end, you know, everything's going to be fresh and turned over, uh, with farm fields, I will say it really depends too on the farmer. Uh, some farmers are okay. Um, if you kind of go out more later in the season, but for me, the farm field that I go to, that I've got <laughs> access to, uh, the farmer says, once I plant, I don't want you out there anymore. So yeah, I yeah, get... Yeah. I get until I, I go out there and then when I can tell he's planted, I'll spend a couple hours walking around. And I'm like, okay, that's it. I'm done for the year. Yeah. So, yeah, yeah. Um, you know, also whenever they, you know, till up their soil, the farmers, when they do that, that's good. Uh, Lake Superior, if you're going on the beaches, uh, actually the fall is really good. You get some of those really big November storms and it'll turn up those, turn up those rocks. rocks. Um, yeah. And, you know, that's true for pretty much anywhere. Like Superior, you're going for fluorescent soda light. If you can get that waves to turn over that stuff, that's going to be the best. So you're going to um, want to come right after a good storm. Yeah, if you can time it that way. But, you know, I've been I've been out places, you know, like California, Oregon, looking for agates on the coast. And you always want to go at low tide. And sometimes that's middle of the night. And I just go, you know what? If I don't, if I can't go out and it's not low just tide, go when I'm you just going to go out. Yeah, yeah, and, yeah, and yeah. you'll find them. It just won't be, you know, the ideal or the best yeah, conditions. Yeah, but, yeah. Um, you know, I always tell people, you know, there's there's the best conditions and there's the conditions that you get. So whatever I'm you gonna, can do. 
talk to this no one um oh this is from uh, youtube <laughs> from youtube yes <laughs> yeah i got the answer for this one in sylvania ohio there is um fossil park and we have um tons of brachiopods trilobites really great trilobites i mean like really good trilobites whatever is in that um devonian period um for this area the sylvania area is really uh really known area for fossils and it's free they open from june to i think october um and you just they what they do is they take the the quarries that are right here and they have like this dump that they bring over to the fossil park um for people to go through and i don't know the schedule of when they dump because you know obviously when they dump is you know the ideal time to go um, but, um, definitely worth it if, you know, I'm not sure how far up north in Michigan you are, but, um, I have collected some really, really nice, um, fossils from there. Um, so I would recommend Fossil Park for sure. There's, there's also, I mean, Petoskey stones are fossils. Oh yeah, your, for sure. Your, for sure. Your coral or the Charlevoix. Um, on the the west part of the lower peninsula of Michigan, or I guess northwest part, um, you've got Petoskey stones too. Um, but as far as clubs go, um, and, and you know, I, I will say this for mineral clubs, they are some of the nicest people that you'll ever meet. And I I went out to Montana. I I think I was in grad school, um, or maybe I was in Chicago. I can't remember. But I, I was out of the state, and I said, you know what, I want to go out to Montana when the snow melts and the ice goes out and all oh, everything's going to be turned up and it's going to be great. Well, I, I mistimed it and I was late and everything was blown out. All of my spots were underwater. And I, I ended up emailing the, I think it was maybe the Billings rock club. Um, and, and shout out to Doug true. Who's like the president now of like the AFMS, the like Americas, like all of that. He was, he was then the president and, he, you know, I said, hey, do you have any spots that you know of? I'm out here on vacation. I'm in Montana. And I just emailed the club and he responded and said, you know, yeah, there's a couple spots here, there, whatever. Um, but by the way, um, if you want, I can take you out and look for Bear Canyon agates. And he knew of a place that wasn't in the main canyon to find Bear Canyon agates. And here's someone that I've never met before. I've never talked to. He doesn't know who I am. I just said, hey, I'm with a... Um, I yeah, I was in Chicago. Um, I remember it now. I was in Chicago. I said, "Hey, I'm with the Chicago Mineral Club, um, Chicago Rock and Mineral Society. I'm out here on vacation," and he just you know gave me pointers. And it's the same thing too for our club trip. We actually have uh, a spot that we know of to get betroidal fluorite. Oh, um, it's like one of two spots I think in North America that fluorite forms in a betroidal form. Right, and. It's fluorescent and shortwave green, and mm -hmm. you can find it online if you search around for it. But besides, and where is the location? It, it's in Colorado. It's north okay. of Canyon City, and that's all the information you're going to get. Mm -hmm. No one has any information. There's no pin dropped anywhere. There's mm -hmm. no directions of how to get there. You can't find it anywhere. And we were doing a club trip out there for the Minnesota Mineral Club, and I end up yeah. finding one of the Colorado clubs had done a trip for it, and I found a name and an email and I sent her an email and I said, Hey, we're part of a club. We're going to be down there. You know, it's not a commercial thing. We're not buying to sell or anything crazy like that. Um, 
you know, can you let us know how to get there? And she sent us, you know, step-by-step directions of how to get up there. And we talked a bit about some of the wow. other stuff. And, you know, the the mineral clubs are your best resource, you know, for, for everything. And if you're beginning, if you're experienced, you know, they, they're always going to have um, spots and be able to help you out. So let me um, ask if you this. Real quick. Okay. Sorry, sorry. No, go ahead. Finish. Go ahead. Finish. Sorry. No, no. I was just going to say, so yeah, if you're ever looking at like a certain area, look up the rock clubs in that area and just send them a message. And if you're a member of a different club, just start out with that. Say, Hey, I'm a member of this club. I'm on vacation out here. going to be out there or do what I do and say, I'm planning a trip for my club. Um, mm-hmm. Do you have any ideas or sometimes you'll end up doing joint field trips with clubs, which is a lot of fun. Oh yeah. 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 I was just going to ask. So, if there were some Canadians that wanted to join the clubs, is that something that you allow? Yeah, I don't think we have any, like, only open to Americans or anything like that. Um, and we do a trip. We, we've we just now started back up to do trips up to Canada um, to find Amethyst and Thunder Bay. So, mm-hmm. um, you know. If so you, if there was somebody up in Ontario that wanted to join your club, they could and then, you know come to these 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 um field trips that's maybe something possible yeah yeah i mean we're open to everyone so if you like i said we we had the people that came to montana we had people drive from uh missouri michigan uh california um all over the place that they drove out with our club um and they had never been to any other in-person meeting they don't come to our annual show they just Um, pay the fee and they you know get to Go to the field trips. Yep. That's yeah. Cool. So it gets you that, that access pass. Yeah. And then, like I said, to our, our meetings, we also Zoom them as well. So Yeah, so you can join um, through online. Yeah. And we usually have, you know, maybe 20, 30 people in person at our meetings, but we have over 700 members. So wow. most people either don't go to the meetings or they, they join online. Wow, but, 700 members? That's crazy. Yeah. Yeah. We, we, like, I think because we were one of the few clubs that, we're active during COVID. I think we like doubled our membership over COVID. Wow. So, um, yeah. And then just to respond back to Greg, who uh, was asking about crossing the border. Um, yeah, I'm not sure. I know there are some places in Thunder Bay you can find like sea maggots and things, but I'm not sure exactly where, um, I do know, uh, paradise beach just north of grand Marais in Minnesota. So that's pretty close to the Canadian border there. You can find some cool kind of pastel Lake Superior gets up there. So if you want to dip your toe into Minnesota, uh, that's a good spot. That's not too far. So um, I was going to say, Greg, real quick. So I will tell you, Greg, I came up um, and hunted last June with um, Tom and Alan. And I brought all of my Rockhound gear across the border all kinds of like pickaxes, sledges. I had like a 10 pound sledge. <laughs> like I had a whole bunch of stuff. So I'm not sure what gear you're maybe concerned about crossing the border, but I had everything and I didn't have any issues crossing. Um, I, I, I will say, so I went to school in Duluth for grad school and I you do have to had, clean your rocks coming back, but yeah. So I will say I did have, uh, I think actually my roommate, Um, at the time who he was actually working with a mine in Canada and him and a professor had crossed over and were coming back and they had muddy boots and nope nope no soil yeah soil anything like that what I had to do is I had to and I did this in Arkansas when I went down to Arkansas anyways is I just go to a car wash 
I took all my buckets. I cleaned them. <laughs> I, I did. I did. I power hosed them with the car, the, the, you know, the self-service. Yeah. And when I went through customs, they were like, you know, do you have, I was like, I got rocks. And they were like, you know, did you, are they, you know, no soil? I go, oh no, I took them to the car wash. They're clean. You know, they didn't ask to see them, but they just wanted to make sure that you're not bringing any soil just, you know, for any kind of, um, spores or anything like that that you can bring over pathogens yeah the agricultural people are really picky about you know sometimes you know like they you know for overseas stuff like fruit and all that kind of stuff but you know just crossing the border they you know boots or anything that has a bunch of mud on it just make sure it's it's yeah. knocked off but you know i've i don't think there's you know unless you've got something else that's legal in canada that's not legal in minnesota uh, um, I one I learned was mace. Uh, mace. Um, I accidentally had mace with me, and that was an issue because <laughs> it's okay. legal in the U.S. and not there. And that was going to Canada, <laughs> oh. and all they all they told me to do was just uh, get rid of it. So and, right. and 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 they actually let me keep it because I was like, I'm a woman and I'm by myself, <laughs> so <laughs> they let me keep it. But they were like, just you know, put it away. They were like, if you pull this out in Canada, you will like, it'll be bad. So I'm like, I won't. It's just for emergency. So that was the only issue I personally had coming from, you know, America to Canada. Um, but I mean, I had all kinds of stuff that could be considered weapons and they didn't give a shit about it. It was like, I mean, I had a lot of equipment back there. So Greg, I don't think that would be an issue if you wanted to come on down. And if you do come down, contact me because I'm not far from you guys. So. I, um, Jeff, you asked a question about like um, if there was any kind of transportation, and we had discussed that earlier. Um, you would have to provide your own transportation to these destinations through the Mineral Club, correct, Ben? Yeah. So the Mineral Club, we basically organize the mineral, fossil, rock collecting, whatever it is. But everything else is sort of up to you. Um, we have so many people that like for instance to colorado i had a bunch of airline points i flew myself some people drove um for montana we've had people that they want to do like some side trips before or after so you know they'll drive themselves and then stay later and go places some people want to stay in a hotel some people want to stay airbnb some people want to camp whatever so we don't organize any of that it's sort of a we'll tell you hey meet at this gas station on this day at 9 a.m or 7 a.m. or whatever and then we're gonna go out and uh just kind of go from there so, so it's just access to the destination just access yeah yeah and, and you know some of it's you know like our montana trip it's a private ranch that we go collect agates and petrified wood on and the rancher doesn't allow anybody else but our club so you're getting exclusive access to that uh like the dinosaur ranch they you know they aren't even allowing public this year they're allowing our our group um so it's it's really, you know, you're getting that the people that know what they're doing. And also, mm -hmm. it's just a fun time. You're with like minded people. Yes. You know, at the end of the day, the yeah. we'll go to a moat, you know, in Montana, it's like we'll sit there in Glendive and sit at a motel and have some drinks and everyone's just whipping out agates and things they yeah. found. And, you know, well, like, look at this so one. Fun. And, yeah. 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 It's just a lot of fun. And you're with, you know, so many like minded people. It's, you know, that's that's the part that's really fun, too. Yeah. And everyone yeah. understands you can be outside and it's 95 degrees and you're out there for six hours on a hill and you're looking for agates and that's what everyone else is doing. They all get it. No one's yeah. going to say, you know, you're too dirty or too smelly or yeah. why do you have a bucket yeah. full of right, rocks? Right, right. You know, it's yeah. yeah. 
<laughs> All well, right, so we we're... are getting close. Yeah, we are. Yeah. I was telling you, see, you're a guest for the first yeah. time, and it goes by so fast. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's yeah, it's uh, it's interesting too to be on this side. I don't know if I've ever really been interviewed like this. I've I've had some, you know, like a newspapers interviewed me, but I haven't yeah. really had this. Yeah, it's different. It really is. Um, I was everybody when I talked to them before the show. You know, some people say I don't know if I have enough to talk about. I'm like, oh yes, you do. I'm like, I'm telling you right now. If you love rocks, you will have enough. We keep going. You know, there's always enough to talk about. So yeah, so we are definitely going to wrap up for the evening. Um, and thank you for being our guest tonight. Um, and the. From here, you know, for the, this season, we've got, it's going to be Ben and I and our guest. Um, so the next show, we will have Ellie Ringo. Um, super excited to um, talk she's, with her. She's Ellie, Ellie Knows Rocks, if you follow yes. her on social media. Ellie Knows Rocks, and she is such a badass. Oh, my God. Like, I am so excited to talk with her, to hear about her story, and you know, just learn from her. So she's also, um, she's a geologic consultant, geologist, correct? I mean, yeah, she, I mean, I was kind of looking up at, at you know, some of her stuff. Um, cause I, I honestly, I hadn't heard of her and now I'm kind of like, wow, how have I not heard of her? Yeah. Um, yeah, she, she has a bachelor's of science in geology, economic geology. Um, uh -huh. and she worked for, I believe a mining company for a few years. And then, she kind of was looking for a way out and doing something she was more passionate about and um, wound up uh, uh, what was it, Frozen Gold or whatever the show yeah, was Yeah, yeah, yeah. She was on some gold show. Yeah. Yeah, so we'll yeah. So she wound that. up. Yeah. yeah. So she wound up doing that. And now she's just kind of doing, well, modeling, acting, content yeah, creating, got, all of that stuff. She it's, was just yeah. on set for a movie. You know, she's a gorgeous model. She, she plays in the dirt with rocks like she's just a badass i'm so excited she will be our um first guest on our season two um which will be on april 19th so everybody tune in for that it will be a lot of fun um we have an excellent um well our our next season we've got some really amazing guests um and it just it's gonna just keep getting better <laughs> so yeah. super yeah, excited we, we have some really great guests that i know everyone will be really excited to hear more from um and with this new platform that we've got here this is really slick and i'm excited to see it how grow. this goes for the next few months i guess i guess we're yeah. going all the way to october. october yeah so we've from april to october we are going to be bringing you guests every other week um because, you know, it is going to be rock hounding season and we're going to be out there getting rocks too. So, <laughs> yeah, oh, and we, we even have a, a live show. Oh, we we're do. going to be doing live. Too we are in, going uh, to be live in New York, um, May 31st. Um, so that will be an excellent show. I mean, every, every show is going to be excellent. I'm excited. <laughs> <laughs> That's so we, we're going to sign out for night tonight. And so I always say, peace out. I'll see you guys. Actually, it's going to, we're going to have a month off. Um, going to take a break. So we will see you in a month, which will be April 19th. Yep. So yeah. April 19th, same time, same place. Yeah. Yeah. Thanks have everyone a good night, for, guys. Yeah, for joining in. Yes. Bye everyone. <laughs>